welcome to another episode of the Streaking Line podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce. And once again, I have Caroline with me this week. As usual, how's it going, Caroline? Hey, it's rainy today. It's, it it's, is. I'm waiting for that cold weather to hit afterwards. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so I enjoyed ex- the warm days where I could go be outside and not miserable. <laughs> I have so many you. socks waiting to be worn. I'm so stoked. <laughs> Here in pandemic land, we're all, I think... <laughs> Although shout out to Charlottesville having relatively nice uh, numbers and and shout out to uh, UVA in particular uh, with some pretty favorable COVID testing numbers. This is a whole thing. We we could do a whole another episode on on it, but uh, at, at least we've done that before. And the worst case scenarios have not happened. So yeah. um, even, ah. re- really, it's been as far as I'm concerned. Once they got the the chart back down to the single yep. digits for the students it's uh, that's about as good as you could ask for right considering the amount of students who are in charlottesville so it's been you know there there, what two two games now that have been postponed because of and we talked about this before like it's a deadly pandemic things are going to happen you know virus they spread and so i'm not there's no not blaming louisville any things the second game where virginia's opponent where virginia's opponent has dealt with nice, outbreak issues yeah i'm sorry um, if our team can accomplish doing this successfully <laughs> so can all the other ones if they actually it just highlights how dedicated and there's when people have said things about like and yes not having timeouts is an issue like there's things that we've talked about where it's like where people have said on twitter to me and stuff where it's like it just looks like the team isn't prepared and i'm like as long as i've thought about this a lot in the past like couple weeks as long as there is a game that is being played and virginia has like the numbers that they're getting back yeah. with regards to the size of the team and the dedication that it takes and all this stuff happening and with students back that team is prepared if they are on the field and that team is prepared good like well enough for me like that constitutes <laughs> the coaching staff preparing the team for the week because uh, they have yeah. followed you know what i mean like i know what and you that's mean, a very sure. na- like narrow way to look at it but like with everything else going on it's been so easy to forget you know, we've now gone through the election. We've gone through months of this pandemic. Like, I think there are times where even I felt like, well, I haven't heard any numbers lately. What's going on with the pandemic? So I, I just think it has know, taken a step back, uh, obviously, for yeah. a lot of reasons. Yeah. But um, I feel like we've like really jumped into the middle of this podcast. Just yeah. the beginning, but <laughs> Someone's going to rewind and be like, did I fast forward? Did I miss something? And then <laughs> It's, you know, it is commendable so far with with, what they've been able to continue to do. Hopefully that continues with basketball. Um, But really, you know, I was talking about the the UVA community at large uh, because there's a whole lot going on with the other students and obviously faculty and staff and and admins uh, at UVA. And and they're being uh, responsible and keeping their numbers now back low and hopefully staying that way until they they leave in a couple of weeks anyway is really obviously helping the charlottesville community stay yeah. as safe as possible too so uh but obviously it helps our football team be prepared to, enough uh to to field teams and and we haven't uh been back since the big win against unc Wee. so a lot to talk about with that one winning the South's oldest rivalry. That is again, a way to end a losing is streak. Is the South's <laughs> oldest rivalry even a rivalry anymore, Caroline? Because it uh, seems I like mean... we just beat UNC in at least men's basketball and men's football uh, straight for the past five years, right? Yeah, 10 games straight um, that Virginia Ooh. has beaten UNC in football and men's basketball, which is absolutely insane to think about. 
Yes. Um, the last I mean, the basketball, basketball alone is like, crazy. are you kidding me? Um, yeah. The last basketball loss, if you remember, uh, was the 2017 was the team. Tournament? No, it was oh. the 2017 team with London and Isaiah. Um, they went to the Dean Dome and lost mm. by like 30. It was the first double <laughs> or like 24. So that was the first double digit loss for Virginia since the Tennessee game, which is, ah. again, insane to think about of course they had not lost a game right right. yeah Yeah. in its own right was it was a crazy game and they shot so poorly from three in that game that when virginia i know when virginia finally hit one the unc fans cheered for them (laughs) like it was like yeah i okay that's ringing a faint bell um so then virginia actually ended up winning the next game that season it was like a february game i think Mm -hmm. um and I think I remember that then. coming yeah, back and seeing then. the progression between those yep. two UNC matchups. Yeah. Yep. And since then it has been all Virginia. Um, you know, we look back at the, I love Ken Palm because it's so much easier to like, just go back and be like, Oh, this is when they played mm-hmm. that game and you can see which ones are which um, football is not as easy. I don't have as like quick of a mind on that, but yeah, obviously mm-hmm. last year's game was one of the most exciting of the season. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're, Bryce was just out of control. The, yeah, yeah, that was the Terrell Jana, like huge catches. Um, and so, yeah, they won the set. Sorry, back to basketball. Monday, February 27th <laughs> of 2017, Virginia, North Carolina, 53-43 win at home in Charlottesville. I mean, it's, it's a... <laughs> It's an amusing stretch. It's obviously an awesome one for us as, as UVA fans, but mm-hmm. really just speaking to UVA's, I mean, at this point, we all know you can consider Virginia a top tier program in the ACC in basketball. It's still weird to me to say that. And it'll never not be weird, you know, yeah. probably knowing where, where we've been before. Um, but football, it, it is even more I don't know, surprising, right? Because like you think UVA is so, or UNC is always so overhyped in football, I feel like. <laughs> Even with their previous staff, they were overhyped. And it, it just has happened, I guess, to match up recently. Then, you know, obviously Virginia's had good teams with Bryce Perkins. And and before that with Ben Kurt was able to win games, you know, and it just sort of, it lined up with UNC's the new Miami for our football team know. you know what i mean like oh yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. even when miami was good we still for some reason michael london could beat them and and now now maybe it's transitioned a little bit there anyway i mean i you know big win big stressful win for the who's and and the faithful watching it a shootout which was probably going to be the only way they had any chance and uh you know unc made so many plays that you're just yeah. like oh, like can we so, catch a break or, or can we not fall down <laughs> you know i was actually at that game which was exciting so 2020 mm-hmm. um being at a game and being anywhere in public um Brag. first of all shout out to <laughs> yes yeah this is for sure yes 100 not even a humble brag just a brag um Shout out to Virginia, by the way, for the handling of the whole process. Obviously, things are way easier getting in and out because there aren't any people there. But basically, mm-hmm. how it, just for a little background is they set up pods, if you will, of the seat backs, like the fancy seat backs that the rich people mm-hmm. get when they go to games. Um, <laughs> and they're in groups of five or two. And it's all general admission. It's in the, all in the lower bowl. And it's, you know, some on the visitor side. Um which was like normally where the band, like the band side and then some on the side behind Virginia's bench. Um, 
and you just come in and you pick you pick a pod you pick a spot to sit and everything is like super spaced out from all the other people um masks are required they have people come through and like check to make sure everyone's wearing masks i thought i saw every single person i saw was wearing their mask um doing stuff responsibly so it was just really cool to see i was very nervous about going i think we've talked before about like me being super like nervous and antsy about all things and i've been like really good about staying home and not going places good and everyone listening to this you should also be nervous (laughs) yes (laughs) about doing anything around other humans so i waffled a little bit about going but i'm really glad that i did not just because they won but because it was uh they, they really did a good job of like making it safe but also the game was crazy um big play you said big plays everywhere and i think we knew a little bit going into that that I mean we talked like Sam Howell is a good quarterback uh I think you know it's it's easier in in your second year for people to kind of figure out what you're going to do maybe after he had such a crazy good first year Mm. and he's still really good and they have really good receivers and a really good running back a couple good Mm. running backs and so the Brown brothers I mean unbelievable unbelievable I guess one of them only had one catch but it was for a 76 yard touchdown (laughs) other guy had 11 receptions and three touchdowns yeah yeah Deami Brown is just insanely good um and and that's exactly where we knew Virginia had problems right it was in the secondary (laughs) the run (laughs) that's just to put it nicely the run defense was fantastic um I think that in Charles Snowden, sir, welcome to the party, like for the second straight game, I think, but he was definitely just, answering questions that, yeah. that, that were being asked of him in the he beginning of the year. Would would not social distance from Sam Howell. He was like, You are my <laughs> new best friend, and we're gonna make and in Virginia capitalized on mistakes made by unc and that was yeah. so refreshing to see and something that they absolutely had to do to win that game, right? Like yeah. they didn't capitalize any time that Miami kind of left the door open. And, yeah. and they really did against UNC and they were, so, and they won that game because they were aggressive yeah. and committed to that, like to how they were playing. Like they had a great yeah. game plan and they pulled it off. And I thought Brennan was great. Shane Simpson was great. Like I just, there were a lot of really great performances and even though it sure. was like 44 41 I'm, I'm actually going to give the defense a, a bunch of credit too. Oh no. And, and I, I fully agree with the front seven, did a, a remarkable job yeah. and and certainly in the the like you said the rush defense as well as getting to how and making him uncomfortable i mean he was still able to throw for 443 <laughs> yards and complete uh, you know the the vast majority of his, his passes four touchdowns didn't get any interceptions so you know one fumble yeah very good, very true but i you know, the defense itself wasn't a disaster. It's just it, the secondary obviously has issues and it gave up so many big plays that that could have been a brutal way to lose had they lost, but they didn't. I mean, you're, you're going like they score to go up 21 in the third quarter and you're like, all right, we're, we're kicking. (laughs) We, we just keep scoring and, and you know, they're going to get theirs, but, and then they immediately got theirs. (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay, no, it's, we're not cooking anymore. Um, but they, they get outscored 14, three in the fourth, but those three were the difference in the game. And I could write a love letter to that nine minute, two second drive that ended in points like i would have loved for it to end in a touchdown just right. for that you know sake of, of sanity type thing but um, it was critical it was it, it was it was beautiful it was converting like converting the punt won yes. the game. Um, it was so well executed fake punt converting the fake punt yeah oh my god that was he was dead to rights and i understand like sure. look some people will say like yeah you know, and 
UNC fans are critiquing their coaching staff based on like every single person knew that when Keaton was in there, they were going to try and go for it. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, did, they didn't have a timeout. They had one timeout. I forget that, but the idea that UNC didn't just keep their regular defense on the field. Right. So that's why Virginia went with the quote punt lineup. I mean, they, because, they like, knew it was coming and they played it well. And Keaton just made, a better yeah, he play. just made a like, better play. There wasn't oh my God. coaching. No, yeah. and I, I agree. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. I'm just saying. No, that. I know, I know. I'm arguing yeah. with the fans you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's kind of like, did you think he would go for it? Like when they were setting it up, fourth and two, fourth or three, whatever it was, um, mi- around midfield. Yeah, you know, I mean. A minute, le- minute and a half left. It made perfect sense even if it doesn't work out, you go, I get why they did. Cause yeah. you knew what was going to happen. If they punted it, we've watched this game a thousand times, you know, yeah. if they punt it, it's what two plays. Like the, that was, to me was like, you abs, I was yelling. Right. I was like, you absolutely have to go for it because if you punt it, they're going to get back, you're getting there back to that spot. Player too. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So like, yeah. but obviously, obviously by converting it, they win the game. So right. like you're giving up maybe 15 yards, maybe two plays if you're not successful, right. whereas the upside is, and people who knows what the like, analytics no, duh, are yeah. and, and maybe Bronco knew what the analytics <laughs> are. I'm sure it's more of a gut call. And, and I think he, he suggested as much saying it was all on him to call it. Yeah. I think it's easy to make that decision and go, okay, what's more likely to happen? We get these two yards or we stop them from getting back here in a few plays. And it clearly (laughs) the decision was made by considering those options and it worked. So it worked. So it looks good. If it hadn't worked and looked bad and they lose, then, then certainly you can question it. But I I think you still, if you're, if you're Virginia, yeah, you yeah, you still go, eh, well, you know, at least they went like it's easy to say we never you know, yeah, who knows true. That, but that's true. Uh, regardless, it you. worked. Yeah. I have a quiz for you. Ooh. How many fourth down conversions do you think Virginia has attempted on the season? I know it's a lot, and I know they've done well. Um I know they were you know, they, they even were talking about it, I think, during the broadcast. Um I, I have no idea what they, you know, double okay. digits. Is it double yes, digits? Yes, it is. Yeah. They have, they have converted double digits. How many yeah. with knowing double. that, how many do you think they've attempted? The T- uh, 10 out of 12. Well, 14 out of 20. Yeah. Oh goodness. They've attempted <laughs> yeah, they've 20. Attempted 20. Uh, <laughs> so they are crazy. 70% conversion rate. And I'm only reading something like, I just absolutely yeah. love that, especially for this team. Like the idea of a coach that can understand the you know strengths and weaknesses of your of your team and play to those like using i think the even though you know we're we're, ira armstead who was really the only other throwing threat with Mm -hmm. regards to wildcat or playing these extra schemes um is out for the season and Mm -hmm. so even when you know that Keaton is in there to potentially run, he can receive, which I love that mm-hmm. he's like a guy that can do a little bit of everything. I really think in, I know that there's a lot of people that aren't huge Robert and I fans, but I, I think you have to give credit where credit is due when it comes to some of these schemes and the things that they've done on offense have been really interesting and dynamic. Yeah. I think like, and to me, the, the, and Brennan talked about this earlier this week with the media is that, 
he's like, look, the offense has been playing well. I need to not throw interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I can't disagree with that. Yeah. So there are things like where people where they're legitimate, like, okay, maybe don't throw it deep into double coverage when it's second and seven. Like, you know what I mean? Like there are times where I'm like, yeah, on the ball yeah. more, you're averaging 4.4 yards per carry on the season. Yeah. But I think this has been really cool to see the way that Keaton has been used, the way that Brennan has been integrated back yeah. into this like multiple quarterback idea. Um, and so it's just, I just loved, again, the outcome was what we wanted, but I just, that game was so much fun. So yeah. Much fun. Yeah. And I, I don't think an I's done a bad job um, overall. I mean, I think the main complaint I would have is sometimes you get, he, he would get too tricky or cutesy yeah yeah yeah. and, that and one, you know we saw that in the miami game yes um, yes i know exactly the player talking about. i you know i struggle with how to really describe armstrong at this point because i don't want to sound negative because i mean he he's a he's a baller you know he mm-hmm. he plays with heart and he, he's getting the crap beat out of him and he runs well this i think hard. he runs too much um I don't mean designed runs. I think he, he hasn't shown his ability. Um, you know, I think he, he re- maybe relies on it a little too much, you know, whether maybe not going to the third option or fourth yeah. option yeah. and instead runs. And that's usually when his runs don't work out very well. Yeah. Um, which is normal and a, a normal thing, you know, but even non good running QBs do that, you know? Yeah. So maybe if you could be a little more patient to not go, into scramble mode but it's not just the interceptions that we've seen as as weaknesses i mean he he misses throws you know it's normal yeah. shit that the young qbs deal with um and so he, i mean he, he gets playing... he gets the w and he's looked a lot better yeah in that game um you know he didn't i think back to before he got hurt in the nc state game and you're going gosh this looks like a huge step back it was and a mess. This that is game like was a mess. Concerning. And then it gets heard. And, you know, then you're all like, well, yeah. wh- how the hell do I get a read on any of this? That the UNC game was enough to, to feel like, all right, we're back on the right track. He wasn't yeah. super sharp, but he did enough to win a really yep. awesome game. And, and, you know, you look at his like with throwing percentage, 12 for 22 isn't going to cut it. But when it mattered, he got the touchdowns more often than not, you know, yep. and, and he only one interception against a, a team, you know, that it's obviously UNC's dealt with some, some maybe being too highly ranked early on, but they're still a good team. And so I think, you know, you'll take it from Brennan in this game and obviously you'll take it because the final score suggests yeah. <laughs> so like, please to, to uh... go into a shootout and do enough to win that shootout against Sam Howell is impressive. And that's what too is like you look at who he has had to play and the progression of defenses he's played and how many games he's actually seen action in. I have to kind of reel myself back a little bit sometimes because of that. Like because in game two you face Clemson, game three he gets hurt in the first half. Again, you're right, he was not looking top notch in the first half. Um misses Wake Forest, plays a good defense in Miami and almost they almost did enough to win that game we've talked about that. We don't need to go back to that stupid game, stupid Miami. (laughs) Um, And then plays really well against UNC. Like you said, there were some misses obviously, but I think overall, like he didn't look lost on the field with Sam Howell. You know what I mean? Like when Virginia had the ball, I was like, I I feel way more confident at times over the past, I'll say two years. I won't even go back to like first year Bryce Perkins, but like last year and this year, I feel way more confident that when Virginia gets the ball, they are going to do something with it. 
Is that weird? Yeah, yeah. I, I Maybe see what it's you the mean. offensive line. Like no, I feel I, way I, more I confident exactly this year. It. I think I feel way it. more confident this year that, that the offense is going to like. Yeah. When Virginia got the ball against UNC, and granted, UNC's defense is not good. Um, I don't think Louisville's defense is super great. So, like, maybe this is where <laughs> I think that these FSUs. things. Yeah. <laughs> good Lord. They're... Did you see all the people that left? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. We'll get to that eventually down the road. <laughs> but anyway, like, and that's where when Virginia got the ball against UNC, I felt confident they were going to score. And that's a weird feeling. <laughs> I, I know what you mean, and I, I think you're spot on by saying the O-line has a yeah, lot to do with that so because good. it's been less of, a, a you know, the past few years have had less of the just, like, scramble disaster. Like, yeah. Uh, and I don't know. Um, I think my biggest concern now is is finding a running game that really consistently works for us um, outside feels of design QB runs. No, I know they piled up the, they piled up the yardage. Um, Simpson had a good uh, long yeah, run. Simpson, I mean, looked looked like a, a feature back. You know, you love yeah. to see. Obviously, you know, Brennan twenty carries is too much, and some of that is is not designed. Obviously, yeah. and Keaton yeah. is designed uh, with ten carries and and four point three yards there. Talapapa struggled. It seems like a lot of these games where he struggles, it's because when he gets the ball, everyone knows he's getting the ball. And I don't know if that's a creativity thing or just, yeah. you know, you're the main running back. So obviously on first and down, a lot of times you're going to get the ball. But Simpson looked had... like he has another level. Yes, um, I really love in adding Ronnie Walker Jr. to the mix this week, hopefully, is the plan. Hopefully, we're wondering it's going what, to be interesting. What does he bring? Is it, yeah. is it an improvement? Is it, you know, there are currently of players that have attempted a significant amount of rushes i should say like <laughs> billy kemp i won't count his 4.75 because he's only attempted four but mm -hmm. he's i love billy kemp i could do a whole podcast on billy kemp and like <laughs> just what he's brought to the offense and how consistent back, he is back. and like okay sorry um <laughs> but you look at wayne talapapa for the season is averaging 2.65 yards per carry shane simpson right. 5.7 right um Keaton 5.52 Brennan 3.93 so like the numbers are there we just I need to figure out like are they not being used enough like it just seems to be a whole lot of Wayne running up the middle for not a good game well I feel like he's drives. been way better um he's had he's some, only in some games he's he's uh, he's he's, done he's really lost well. three yards total on the season so when he's right. getting the ball, he's getting positive yardage and, and I think that is very different than last year as the the red zone back Yes, um, four touchdowns. <laughs> I just think our our standard running game isn't successful, and I'm not blaming that entirely on Telepop or anything. Yeah. I just mean it's not it's not working too well when the design QB runs where it's like multiple, even if it's not technically an option, the defense is looking at multiple guys who who could take it away. Um, you know the things that take people by surprise are having a much bigger impact in the rushing yeah. game than your like you know straight up the middle three yard cloud of dust. I, I was Shane, say that Shane reminds me a lot more of of like Jordan Ellis. Interesting. Um, like more of the like. It reminds me more of who is the little <laughs> guy? Um, oh gosh, Parks. Oh uh, yeah, I can the, see that the bowling too. ball. Um, anyway, and I was gonna say <laughs> Simpson averaged eight point eight this game, but even if you take away his long, 
of yeah, a, those... a 29 <laughs> the, in those other rushes outside of that long he still averages 5.85 like which yeah. is awesome uh, <laughs> I you know, forgot. like you said that's right right at his average yeah for the i season, forgot i was so. like what are you talking about taking his long of 29 i was like he had a 76 yard touchdown and then i was like oh that was technically a pass right right <laughs> gotta love it um that was such a great play absolutely terrible angle taken by the defender <laughs> but thank you very much um, for that and so some other highlights, uh, you know, in the defense, well, actually we'll get to, to I would say pole Jan, uh, yeah. catching a touchdown. It's nice to see. And Rashawn Henry catching a touchdown. It's nice to see with, yes. um, with the, uh, injury to, uh, Davis sort of taking away some of our fun. Uh, we hope he's back. He uh, should be this back weekend. this week. Uh, yeah, exactly. Allegedly. Um, I didn't realize Henry's, Tony Henry looks like a good player. If they can yeah. get the ball to him. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tony has the most receiving touchdowns on the team. Wow. Interesting. He has four. Lavelle has three. Well, yeah. Uh, look for Davis to catch up uh, <laughs> against Louisville, yeah. I would say, but so tall. speaking of the defense, uh, Nick Jackson, correct me if I'm wrong, leads the conference in tackles. Um, and if he doesn't, he's close and he led this game and tackles. He's yeah, really he's just filled so in, uh, surprisingly well, not, not that we were, you know, pessimistic about him, but just to come in and, and, uh, look like, like a Kaiser mm-hmm. out there, you know, yeah. <laughs> for, for lack of a better comparison at ILB for us. So, um, Noah Taylor again, had a great game, uh, and D'Angelo Amos, I think is, is showing, uh, more and more growth you know like it, it, he obviously had some issues against a talented miami team but he also has some good play like he's there yeah. and he he seems to be more and more comfortable every game we watch him there at safety and that's super necessary because they've been dealing with injuries uh at the safety position so nick jackson is technically second well um, at one point he was yeah second. no and we're talking <laughs> uh p wilson at NC State has 65 uh, total tackles and Nick has 64. So <laughs> well, maybe they added what you know. The, yeah, yeah the it's Carolina crap. refs women... <laughs> yeah, took one away from Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've actually Anyhow, it's yeah. one of those things. I think the you know we talked a little bit about the offensive line. Shout out Coach Two J for like th- that to me is shown like that was something that when Bronco got here he was committed to he basically said there was like no one in the cupboard right like that a lot of the stuff that when he got here and took over the percent like progression planning wasn't where he wanted it or expected it the way that he runs a program and and building up offensive line has been something that has been a major focus and it's really cool to see that like playing out in front of us right now and so it's like just like really neat to see that these guys are like flourishing and like the same thing with like these linebackers every time that I think that there's going to be like a drop-off um in some sense like it's hard to replace some of these people you know it's like one of those things like when you see (laughs) of course yeah yeah, when you see even looking at like basketball rosters you're like oh they're losing everybody like they're not going to be very good this year and then someone is like oh I'm a superstar now didn't you know it's um, funny everything you're describing is just called good coaching yeah exactly <laughs> it's so. like whoa look what good coaching does finally <laughs> have you guys heard of this like they get players yeah. that are ready to step in when the person in front huh. of them yeah. leaves leaves the school as we know it's going to happen this is unbelievable i can't believe people Amazing. haven't thought of this before um but it's just been like nick jackson's one and he talks a lot about like how how much zane zandier's helped him zane is just like continues to i love that he's wearing zero 
and just continues to be i think about the virginia tech game last year when he was um who did they leave completely unblocked because the guy just he had two guys coming at him one of them was zane zandier who had kill written across the front of his face and <laughs> eye black and i was he like you know what that man <laughs> made a business decision if he was on a rival team 100 he is the kyle guy of mm-hmm. the basketball team yeah um, we would we would hate him but he's on Hates. our team so and so he is the best and, and he isn't getting uh targeting calls <laughs> so also i'm even true. bigger fan of yes. uh him playing uh his yes. play this season for sure it's just been really cool to see you're right it is just good coaching so but that's been fun to see and it's exciting <laughs> no, to like um and we know like seeing charles play so much better and noah taylor and like those guys so it, it's just been I think it's tough to see the injuries on the secondary. They obviously weren't knocking it out of the park the first couple games when they had the players that we expected them to have. And, mm. and you know, well, not is, having Blount, I mean, it's yeah, always like, going to, I mean, you look yeah. at deep plays, it, yeah. you need safeties too, <laughs> you know, yeah. to, to stop. Yes. So, but, it, you know, but I, again, that's where it goes back to. I think that the game plan has been, I'm interested to see what happens to Louisville just because, you know, two, two, like it, to me, they're very right. similar louisville's a little bit less uh polished north carolina in my opinion from watching it like it's they've got game. an exciting quarterback who can make big plays right uh he definitely can do more with his legs than sam howell when you look at um cunningham i don't know if he's going by mike Cal now i think he's <laughs> been like a couple different nicknames over the past couple of years so uh but cunningham is he was a dynamic player tutu atwell is probably one of my favorite names in the acc mm. but also like that guy is dynamic um and so you know that's what we're looking at on the offense plus a defense that has yeah. struggled so this could be a very similar looking and feeling game i don't think that the i think that actually the mini buy could end up benefiting virginia a ton well um, certainly we'll with see. health but, yeah, I, yeah i mean i've been followed has louisville been able to bring enough guys back you right. know from that their COVID yeah. list or anything so i don't know anything there it, it is weird that they you know as far as wins and losses are, are concerned which is how we judge most teams um they <laughs> you know they they seem to be so surprisingly good last year and have gotten uh not so good of results this year i mean they play notre dame really tough only lose 12 7 uh, they play. God, I forgot about that trash game. <laughs> they play Miami pretty tough, uh, Pitt pretty tough, but they get blitzed by Georgia Tech. Uh, <laughs> they lose a close one to the Hokies, you know, they're, and they're two and five. You know, they, they, they've only beaten FSU, who they themselves completely boat raced, and they opened the season with a win against uh, Western Kentucky. So, you know, they're, they've lost a lot of these conference games. Some haven't even been close. You're like, okay, maybe the Who's should be able to take care of this. But you think of the wins that they put together last year and the personnel that they have. And yeah. I don't think anyone is thinking that this is a game uh, UVA is going to easily win. I know no. they're favored by a little bit. I think like the the stats would suggest Louisville could be favored, depending on what you look at as like computer predictors. Uh, there's good reason to think UVA should win this game, but this is not an easy opponent, even no. though they are two and five coming yeah. in. This I, I think this is going to be a close, another close shootout type game, which not good for my heart, but could be entertaining if um, 
if they win like they did against UNC. Sure. It's, this is one of those, like, I, this season to me is basically like, if you told me any XYZ outcome had happened, I'd be like, well, I believe it. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> it is, it is bizarre world. And, and like we were saying last week, even before a win that, that really could turn the corner on the season, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's hard to get a read of like what is successful wins and losses. Yeah. At this point, I'm just, I'm sticking with, if you beat Duke, UNC, Virginia Tech, it's a, it's a W on the year for me in COVID bizarre land, but yeah. they have the opportunity to do much more. Uh, you get Louisville, you hope it's a win. Then you get Abilene Christian, which, you know, probably won't even have a point spread. I mean, that yeah. that isn't just a cupcake. That is that is a, an embarrassment coming in. Oh, uh, I mean, it is. You know how I get stressed about these things. That, 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 you know, <laughs> this isn't Liberty. This isn't ODU. This this is not uh, William & Mary. This is worse just than that. Don't try and in. ice the kicker on a 60-70 And then you get FSU, who... Uh, seems to be off the rails uh, in the first year with their their new coach down there losing personnel so maybe uh, I did they not string these together and they yeah. they get back towards uh you know 500 or over 500 if they get all three yeah 500 in the acc if they get mm-hmm. louisville and florida state uh don't get too crazy hopes up folks about boston college i'm going to preempt this one for a few weeks away ec is quite good they're very I like think. and jerkovec is probably yeah. he might be my second or th- at least third uh, my uh quarterbacks in the acc sorry i should finish the <laughs> sentence yeah, of what i'm like comparing him to uh I, I still think trevor eligible. lawrence <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i still think trevor lawrence is number one and then i would have it's quite the limb I know. I I thought about it for a while. You, you don't want to put Ian Book. <laughs> I'm comfortable going on record that Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the ACC. Uh, and then I I'd actually probably put Jerkovic second, and then let Ian Book and Derek King fight it out for third. Even though I actually so you have howl that far down. Uh, that's a good point. If you, I have not. I honestly, this. I don't know. I don't. I'm not going to defend any rankings because I don't. Know actually, you I know, feel. that's. I did forget about all 100. Like yeah. I forgot. So I might go um, Lawrence, um, Jerkovic, Howell. Bold take still, but no, he's looked good in what I've watched, and he's and just been incredible. We'll we'll have plenty to talk about uh, yeah, about Boston so College while like, we no no it's fine now, while we work up to that but we yeah. we've been talking quite a while we haven't gone to the basketball schedule so I just want to make sure uh, <laughs> that we hit a little bit about that if you haven't been following it too closely the ACC did announce its conference uh, schedule for the upcoming uh, basketball season for so for the men's team they are starting let's see conference play December sixteenth at yep. Wake Forest who most people are predicting to be the worst team in the conference a um, lot of fun and interesting uh, not a lot but of the out of conference games a good majority of them are fun and interesting of the few out of conference games that yep. UBA seven will total get to play. yeah seven total non-con 20 yeah. conference games some of that is still up in the air I know there's a lot out there about the the Mohegan Sun mm-hmm. uh, early tournament having to replace teams other people potentially pulling out or canceling the whole thing so currently 
both Florida, or at least yesterday when these things were published, because now there's actually a schedule on Virginia's mm-hmm. website, but both Florida and Virginia had Maine listed as their first game on November 25th. <laughs> right. Maine was going to play so. <laughs> UVA and Florida. So Maine's going to have a at tough At the same day. time, it's actually, it's a weird thing. Maine ha- just has, they've got the squad and they were like, we're going split squad. We're doing it. Two courts simultaneously taking on Virginia. <laughs> I don't know who has dibs on Maine, but as right. of right now, I'm going to act like Virginia is playing Maine. Maybe Tony Bennett's like, listen, as the reigning national champions. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He would never say that. But but yeah, so 25, that's two weeks from, well, today when we're recording. But um, That is very silly that it's a, that <laughs> close and they have no idea what they were actually going to do. But. Yeah. Uh, they also play Michigan State. I know fans will be interested in that uh, perennial heartbreaking uh, matchup. But they, they, they haven't played them in a while, so um, that'll be a fun game in Charlottesville. Uh, they do. I'm glad get to play um, at least one in-state out-of-conference team, and they're taking on Lady Mary. And they're still scheduled to play Villanova in Madison Square Garden on December 19th. But Big Once news, ACC of course, play starts, was which the I ACC thought was exciting. Play. Yeah. yeah. Um, Duke uh, once uh, on the road is probably, you know, the biggest notable thing there. Um, UNC once, uh, but at home. So not that, you know, if we're looking at Carolina and wondering what their season is going to be like, who knows? And we'll get to more preview uh, about the ACC in the coming weeks. But as we all remember, they were real bad. Uh, last year not that they didn't give Virginia uh, a tough game in Chapel Hill which obviously uh, they're going to be much better for the who's the non-conference schedule or sorry the conference schedule and these are all just for folks if you're not aware or whatever um, these are all pre they didn't change anything with regards to like matchups mm-hmm. um, like who they were expected to play this season from the matrix so it's not COVID that they announced fault. this is not yeah. co- this is this is not something where it's like oh look how easy they got like there will be talks about unbalanced schedule um, right. you know Virginia was picked first time since 1982-83 which is the only other time this is mind-blowing to me honestly in a few ways but that they finished been picked to finish first in the acc this is the second time in school history yeah nuts even but, all of these one seed teams none of them yes. were picked to win the acc it's great and part like look i get it like they're not going to be picked in 2006 to win the acc like i get it like i'm not like i can't believe after all these years like whatever um but when you look back since 2013-14 when i think a lot of people like they call that the start of like when tony bennett got it so you know all that stuff it's that first year that they won the acc tournament since forever um only three times in the last decade has duke not been predicted to finish first three times yeah yeah. the media has gotten it right twice the media has gotten it right (laughs) twice of those two times that the media has gotten it right, and I'm not knocking them. This is not like, you know, me. I vote in this thing. This thing's hard. Like, it's hard to yeah. look at, like, especially how do you put, it's difficult to look at a roster that has Zion and all those guys and not put Clearly them in first. I get it. media is bad at this. I mean, <laughs> yeah. The two that they got right were when North Carolina won them. Right. And the only other time that they got it where it wasn't Duke picked to finish first, 2012, 2013, I think, when they picked NC State, which is just a hilarious, like, you know, <laughs> random in there. But yeah, so in 15-16, um, UNC finished, I think, tied for first with Virginia. And 
they were picked to finish first. And then in 11 and 12, they were picked to finish first and actually finish first. Um, in what, 1920 was Florida State. Virginia was it in 1819, 17, 18, 13, 14. Like, yeah. it's, it, and again, like, I, I, I'm only bringing this up to talk about it because I think it's fascinating. And also, none of it matters, right? <laughs> like, it doesn't that is very matter. true. It's fun to talk about. We've been in pandemic mode for so long that it is just fun to like kind of yeah. play with these things. But just kind of this tells you a little bit about one, what people think from the outside of this Virginia team. They return people, they bring in new talent that's popular. Um popular. I don't know, like whatever. Like they're gonna name Hauser the problem. <laughs> well, they know they know what's what Hauser brings. Um, yes. And, and I if do he think lives up to that, they're going to be yes. really good. And I do think maybe people looked at that team and i'm saying this in the nicest way possible the team last year had absolutely no business finishing second in the acc that is probably one of tony bennett's best coaching jobs like i I just the way that that team grew and progressed and the way that they like the defense of that team play was insane and so i think maybe people were like if you can get that team to finish you know like finally they're seeing like this is tony bennett can do and like maybe we shouldn't maybe we should just put them at first until they don't win it um but you know sam hauser finished second for player of the year voting um and i will say this is in i hesitate to use the word easy this is an easy acc schedule for this team it is a favorable on paper in the preseason schedule it is is funny to look at you know being you're number four in the country in a lot of people's preseason rankings or yeah that's enough to show up in the tweet you know yeah. like like yeah. here's my top 25 and you see the top four or five and you yeah guys, that's a really good like, point you're like mm. i i you know i know they came on so strong at the end of last year we were having yeah. a lot of fun with that duke game and, and beating those lottery picks <laughs> louisville and, yeah uh and etc you know the buzzer beater in chapel hill even though the chapel hill they were bad but i just remember last season <laughs> <I> just <laughs> like you know like i love the team i think they're gonna win some games but let's let's just tap the brakes a little like let's see how hauser plays with them and but obviously it speaks to respect for for hauser it speaks to respect for jay huff and kihei it you know you hope walden tense is settled in you hope casey morsell takes some some growth there but it also speaks to the incoming freshmen Mm -hmm. that sort of in my mind should be good enough to answer a lot of those concerns we saw last year with with this isn't working and we don't have other people. So that's why it keeps not working. And then eventually it it did start to click a lot. That was more intense, becoming a a reliable shooter. Um, There's enough talent on this roster that you might see a lot more tweaking, a lot more different lineups thrown out there and maybe a lot more feeding a hot hand off and on and uh, throughout the, the season rather than just, you know, having to rely on the same guys and and see who who gets there, and if they don't have it, then they're losing some of these games, like they were. The stuff, the absolutely. The stuff that I look at, I look at. We talk about all the big names, right? And it is, I think, Kihei having the stuff that Kihei said about Reese Beekman this week. Um, and hopefully, stay tuned for our girl truthandlawn.com. But this <laughs> schedule's been a little nuts, so I'm trying to get all this content out for you, but um the praise that he had for reese and mm-hmm. not just uh 
just being competent with the ball, getting his hands in passing lanes, like the defensive compliments that he made, which I think of Kihei as a little mini Tony Bennett at times, like that to me said a lot that he was like willing to go on record about a first year's defensive skills, um, knowing everything that he knows about, you know, that people take it seriously. Um, being able to spell Kihei or play with him because neither one is ball dominant. So like mm-hmm. the, the, like you said, like being able to throw these wrinkles in, I'm really excited about Justin McCoy and I keep forgetting yeah. about Caden Shedrick, yeah. who was a highly rated player coming in who's redshirted and now has time well, to like, really, you know, know like, we're going to be complaining about if they lose some games, yeah. which of course they've got to, I mean, it's a bizarre world and yeah. you know, they're playing some great teams is we're going to be like, Tony runs too tight of a rotation because he does, and he's very open about that. And so if it doesn't result in flawless wins, we're going to be like, well, where's whoever it is? Yeah. And we don't, we won't know. And we, we've got time to break a lot of this down in the next couple of weeks. So I won't belabor it anymore, but it will be a fascinating roster to, to continue yeah. to talk about and then to, to see, uh, hopefully, hopefully everything works out and covid yeah. lets us has a basketball season, oh my god so. and that's and you mentioned it and this is the last thing i'll say because i know we're trying to wrap up but like um as wolda tensai got better and was more consistent at shooting what that did for jay what that did for Mamadi, what that did for kihei um sure. when it comes to especially when you look at the the honestly the three late wins the win at carolina with the three-pointer to, to Woldy, the jab step pull up for kihei at tech and a similar yes. play Ooh, at the I end of right? the similar play at the end of Louisville, because mm-hmm. the way that that team then were able to draw people out and, you know, who Jay Huff will be part of this, like Sam Hauser will definitely be part of this. Well, Tensai, hopefully Casey Morsell. like if these guys progress, like we expect people in the program to the options on the outside will then create more respect on the inside. For um, sure. And that allowed like driving lanes for Kihei and because driving lanes led to the win against Carolina, then tech over bit on the, yep. the pump, the jab step. And, and he's so smart. I think that's something that like Kihei. You sound like Tony Bennett getting like <laughs> halfway through or got I know. halfway through a thought going. And he's just so smart. He's or, so smart. He's like so... just seeing that progression was yeah. so beautiful. Like, and now he's going to be fine. He looks like he's aged a decade, by the way. No. He looks like an adult now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid that's put, not accurate. Go look at his new, his new headshot on the website. He looks like an adult and it makes me feel so old. Um, but... <laughs> Well, we'll leave. Maybe we'll put up a poll. Um, yeah. Do you think Kihei looks over twelve now? <laughs> before before we do close up, we, I'm sure I'll, I'll say this again before, uh, as we get into more previews. But uh, this pandemic started in basketball season, Jesus and Christ. we were headed to Greensboro. Essentially, yeah. at least that was my story of the beginning of of. I was there dealing with COVID, <laughs> and then now it's basketball season (laughs) so it sort of has been a bit of a time issue i know in some ways it's felt like a decade in other Mm -hmm. ways it's like i haven't really lived real life since way back in basketball season and so now we're getting back into that anyway i'm excited and i know we all are excited and and, uh, we'll we'll have more content uh about the previewing for the basketball and of course uh this football game against louisville uh shout out the women's soccer team winning their acc uh tournament game against louisville 
hope they continue uh, some Protect success Protect Laurel there. Ivory at all costs. Yeah, I know, no joke. Um, <laughs> but we'll be back uh, for all that and more at the blog. See you all next week. Go Hoos. <laughs> <laughs>